Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for our next step or the next ep- nerd radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Nick. Here with me, as always, is is Nate. Did we do the Nick and Nate jingle on here, too? Yeah, I mean, I think we should. I think it's only fair. It's That's what Nick want. and Nate. Nick and Nate. It's always great with Nick and Nate. Nick and Nate. I'm Nate. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for the Nerd Radio. You got some homework to do, and that is go to TX3 Productions on Twitter. You can find our Discord there or in the description down below. You can go to our Instagram at ThreatX3 Productions. And if you'd like to see some of our video content, we got some really cool stuff going on. Adam made a video. Or should I say, Adam made a video. Well, I guess it's more Australian, but anyways. Um, Adam made a video, The State of Titanfall 2 in uh, 2019. Uh, your boy Nate and Adam made the Modern Warfare beta impressions. Um, I I didn't think that there needed to be too much dick jerking, so that's why I stayed out of that one. And we also got some, like, Nick Goes Retro. It's free, so why the hell not? We got some really cool content coming out. Like, stuff where I, I, I'd like to say that we're actually, like, proud of. You know what I mean? Like, there's definitely been some stuff we've tried, and now we seem to be coming out with it. Uh, knock on wood. Uh, uh, we seem to be coming out with some really good stuff lately and it's consistent. So if you would like to check out our YouTube, please, 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 please check out our YouTube at thread X three productions on YouTube and check out what we have going on there. But let's get into the show with this week in nerd. All right. <laughs> so, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> like, okay, I'd say, I'd say what? I'd say like a hundred percent almost of the debacle. Well, no, not a hundred percent. Okay, uh, I'd say anywhere from like seventy-five to eighty percent of the debacle surrounding Fallout seventy-six actually doesn't even have to do with the game itself. And instead has to do with the canvas bag that ended up being a nylon bag. The the rum bottle that ended up just being a plastic case. Um, and now we have the new one. The, the uh, Fallout 76 Power Armor Helmet, new Coca-Cola one to be specific, is being recalled for mold exposure. So... So when I first, so the one, <laughs> there's a lot of things going on here. This main oh, yeah. article that we're reading from is from uh, IGN, but the <laughs> the byline for this literally just says "ew." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so here's the thing: when I saw this come up in my feed, I was like, I le- genuinely was like, "Oh no, not no. again!" Like, no. and we had like they've been doing okay. Like, come on. And then I read it, read into it, and like you're saying, it's actually it's not the one that comes in the collector's editions for, for uh, Fallout 76. It's the one that was sold by GameStop. Yeah, because uh, they don't need any more. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's another thing is like GameStop is trying to rebrand themselves and going through a hard time, and now they're getting this. It's like, oh uh, yeah. But what, yeah. what basically what's happening here? Also, this was a two hundred dollar power armor. Like, mm-hmm. oh no, no, hold on. That's for the collector's edition. I don't, I don't know how much the actual helmet itself was. It was really expensive. 
I mean, I mean I it looks cool. Don't about. get me wrong, but right. But yeah, basically, it's the, the Nuka Cola version of it, not the regular like green or well, it's more of a gray, but it's like a yeah. grayish green. Basically, what the article says, the recall listing reads, mold can be present on the fabric insert inside the helmet, posing a risk of respiratory or other infections in individuals with compromised immune systems, damaged lungs, or an, al- or an allergy to mold. Mm. Now, if you bought the helmet, you do get a full refund from GameStop, so that's good. I mean, obviously, they, if they... If they if, <laughs> if they... If you went to return it, they're like, cool, I'll give you pre-order po- points, I'll give you power-up rewards points, then that would have been... <laughs> then they would have just been out of business. But, I mean, at least they're... Right. At least they're, you know... But the, I think my favorite thing about this, as of right now, and if you saw... If you saw, Nick, that's why I was laughing. The comments, the top few comments on this are phenomenal. Oh, yeah. First one from the getaway says, LMAO, you can't make this up. This game will literally give you guys cancer. (laughs) (laughs) The next one from Bay Station 4 says, I assume the next Elder Scrolls game will just be live scorpions sent to my house. (laughs) (laughs) And then someone wrote, like, there's there's two replies to that one. It says from uh, Matthew1300, but in a canvas edit plastic Walmart bag. (laughs) <laughs> and then base station four responds back todd howard at e3 2020 you yelled at dragons in skyrim now you can do it in real life releases thousands of komodo dragons into the audience <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh, man. But that's the, i think that is the funniest thing about this is okay i still to this day think that fallout 76 wasn't that bad of a game on the PlayStation where I played it, I didn't personally experience all the bugs that everybody... And I played the shit out of this. You know what I mean? Like, a lot. So it wasn't that I didn't play enough of the game or I only played the opening hours or something. No, I played the absolute crap out of this game. And so, I don't know. Like, the game itself isn't that bad. And so when I, when we're talking about just the game, I don't feel like it deserves all just the absolute vitriol yeah thank you yeah that 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 word and just the hate in general for it is i don't personally understand it and when todd howard came out and he made the comments that he did about um fallout 76 i genuinely re-downloaded it and actually tried out like the new like uh battle royale mode which to be honest, is probably one of my favorite concepts of her battle royale. Um, I don't think with the engine it ran as well as it should have, but it's definitely something like I would revisit just to see how they, how they've been iterating on it. You know what I mean? Um, but it's just, it's so funny because any other thing, and like I said, I know that might be a cop out, but it's like, it's just so funny that a lot of this doesn't even have to do with Bethesda themselves, technically, because technically, um, all of these were made by a third party. It's just that obviously there needs to be some quality assurance or a quality assurance department to make sure that when you make something it you get what you're trying to make you know what i mean because like the canvas bag was made by a third party so was it technically bethesda's fault no but they're the ones that okayed the nylon replacement and then didn't decide to tell anybody and And the nuka-cola rum was that that's what i was was, about to say yeah was that them no that was by a third company and the third party company is the one that decided to do plastic instead of glass but bethesda knew that and decided to still allow them to release it or who knows who knows how the communication goes 
as far as like as far as um uh Bethesda's concerned, maybe they got a bunch of emails saying like here's the update to them, but maybe they found out at the same time everybody else did that it was plastic. I don't know. You know what I mean? And then we have this where this actually has nothing to do with the game itself, technically, because it's GameStop selling something for their own, you know, for their profit. own profit. You know, it's not even the one that comes with the special edition. It's a Nuka-Cola one. And so now, but it's still attached to, you know, Fallout 76. So it's like if somebody made a statue of what of the, the power armor, you know, if somebody made a statue of that and it was a crappy quality, would you blame Bethesda for it? No. But in this particular circumstance, when this is like the third fourth <laughs> fifth yeah yeah right like oh my god it's just ugh. so anyways that's kind of fun yeah um, well i mean not fun for the people who might get exposed to mold but you get what we're saying yeah right <laughs> so then we have new casting news what's that what's that what's that so we have some we, we it, there were kind of rumors starting out there earlier earlier this week but now we're kind of getting some concrete information as far as uh we've got some negotiations going on with the new batman movie the batman i think is what they're calling it um and that's uh it looks like jonah hill and jeffrey wright are being targeted for characters in the new batman movie Uh Um, I believe Jeffrey Wright, who's from Westworld, he's from some other things, but Westworld's the only thing that I'm familiar with him in. He's being eyed for um, Commissioner Gordon, which... Interesting. Okay, I I can see that. Um, And Jonah Hill hasn't been... uh, Jonah Hill is being eyed for a villain role. Um, Mm -hmm. People are kind of thinking it's going to be a couple things. Some people... Is there there a fat villain? (laughs) Hey, oh! That's what I was going to say. Some people are eyeing him or want him to play like Penguin. Yeah. So, I mean, that that might be cool. But the one thing that I'm noticing, and it's one of those that I'll just have to see before I can really form my opinion on it, but you've got... um, Oh, God. Robert Pattinson as the Batman, which, by the way, am I the only one that thought that he was out? Because I thought he said that he couldn't do it due to a scheduling complication. Oh, no, I never heard that part. Okay, so... All right, I'll continue on then. So you've got Robert Pattinson, who is playing the Batman. You've Mm -hmm. got Jonah Hill potentially playing a villain role. And Mm -hmm. then Jeffrey Wright playing Commissioner Gordon. Those are the the main people that we know are being, like, surrounded. Well, we know that Robert Pattinson is Batman. But it's one of those things. It kind of seems like we're getting a new guard kind of Batman. You know what I'm saying? So you're talking about the millennial Batman? (laughs) Basically, yeah. 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 I, I can see what you mean as far as, yeah, we're getting some new blood in there, which definitely might not be a bad thing, obviously, because this is our eighth Batman. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of something similar to something like The Force Awakens, but, mm-hmm. you know, in the sense of, like, instead of it just being a movie about Luke, Han, Leia, like, they were in it, but the main focus was around these new characters that we introduced, and right. these new actors that we hadn't seen before. Now we've seen all these actors before, but not in a role like this. You know, you've already mm-hmm. had like Ben Affleck play like Daredevil before. You know, he's been in that type of role, and it's and you know, and, and Batman vs Superman was touted as like an older version of Batman. Anyway, so right. it, it was like an old guard, like an actual literal old guard. Um, <laughs> right. But I don't know. It's interesting. Um, 
I like I definitely like Jeffrey Wright for Commissioner Gordon. I think that would be a really good take. I don't know who I would want Jonah Hill to play. I mean, Jonah Hill does have maybe, a lot of range. Maybe he's Alfred. <laughs> oh, God, no, he's not. He's definitely not Alfred. <laughs> Some um, people just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> um, now, one thing in the article, this is from The Hollywood Reporter, um, they talk about that Matt Reeves has confirmed that Bat- the Batman will feature a rogues gallery of villains, and there's yet there hasn't been a confirmation on how many, um, but they are saying that Penguin, Riddler, and Catwoman are all expected to play a part in this movie. Cool. So, so Emma Stone is the cat Catwoman. Nah, come on. If we're going with the like millennial and like Jonah Hill kind of style people, she would make a good Catwoman. Yeah. And who was the other person? Said Riddler. Bang. Riddler. Ooh. Um. Who would make a good Riddler? Oh, uh, who's that guy who's in the new Jexy movie? Oh, oh! Please don't tell me you're talking about Adam Devine. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want him to play Riddler. I come on. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't want him to play Riddler. God, who could play Riddler? Well, yeah, because I'm like trying to think of like actors in their twenties uh, or thirties. Uh, I mean, you want someone who is like classical because that's wh- who Riddler is. He's very intricate, but you also want someone who can bring in new. You like bring a new take on it. Modern actors. I'm going to Google modern actors and see what pops up. (laughs) Oh, maybe um, Andrew Garfield. Mm, No, not even a little. (laughs) No, I mean, I like my my boy Garfield, but no, no, not even a little. Um, What about James Franco? Okay. What if we had? What if? What if this is just secretly like a uh, a Rogan production or something like that, where they all have or Judd Apatow production, where they've got like Franco, Jonah Hill, someone else in there to play a character? I could mm-hmm. see. I could see Franco being a good Riddler. Yeah. Or maybe Dave Franco. Dave Franco is a little bit more conniving. He's got that yeah. face. He's got that more angular face. That's true. That's true. I don't know, but we that's not the only Batman news we had. I'm going to give you a little bit of, cur- of a curveball. We've got a tease for a new Batman game from good old WB Montreal. And have no idea what's going on. Right. <laughs> they posted a video on Twitter. Actually, for the they posted a video of like a bat symbol on the side of a building for the 80th anniversary, which also, if you guys are still listening to this, if it's still up, if you have an Epic game store account, or if you want to download it, they're giving away the entire Arkham collection and the entire Lego Batman series for free. Like you'll get all of those for free. So nice. if you guys want to stomach getting on the Epic game store and not be a little baby about it, you'll get six games for, for absolutely free. So that's right. Nice. Um, but but they posted the video again, just showing these images that they had flashed on that other video. And the caption reads capture the night night spelled like, like a knight in armor, obviously probably like the dark night. Uh huh. <laughs> so, uh-huh. <laughs> um, a lot of people are expecting this to be a court of owls game, which although would be cool. Cause the court of owls storyline from Scott Snyder is one of my favorite Batman storylines. Like it's really yeah. good. But some of the symbols that they showed, especially with me going back and replaying Arkham City, 
and seeing a lot of like symbolism from the League of Assassins or League of Shadows. I don't they confuse those. It's the same thing with Raish and, and Ra's al Ghul. They they're either called the League of Shadows or the League of Assassins. It's I don't know. I don't like it. Anyway, um, there's a lot of symbolism that looks like that in in those images that they showed. Either that or Azriel <clears throat> from the Arkham series. Azriel. So <laughs> I would hope it would be more of a League of Shadows game or a League of Assassins no. game. I think that would be really cool, especially because that whole story thread in Arkham City when you're basically seeing Talia again after you banged her and left, <laughs> pretty much. Like that whole idea of them trying to train Batman to take over the mantle to basically like destroy humanity. I think that's kind of a cool idea. But this yeah. one, it is confirmed we're getting a new Batman game from WB Montreal. Probably not Rocksteady then. We still don't know what the hell Rocksteady's what about, doing. What about Bebop? Shut up. <laughs> I'm done with you. <laughs> um, then we got a new uh, uh, El Camino trailer. Uh, I'll be honest, like I feel like it's been long enough since I've seen Breaking Bad for me to just be like, oh yeah, that's where this is. Other than like I remember where Jesse was left. He was basically like left in the desert. So it's like I understand that. But it's like since there was pretty much like no dialogue in the trailer, it's just like I found it hard to be like, oh, yeah, let's get hyped. There's dialogue. Which one are you talking about? Because there's dialogue all throughout the trailer. No, like the the new one, there was like almost no, no. Uh, I mean, dialogue. there was more like narration than yeah. like, them talking. But right. Yeah. So there might have been like dialogue. But, but yeah, there was no like. Yeah. There was no story. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had no idea what this was about. Other than he comes back and... Well, so this is basically, the like, at the very end of Breaking Bad, Jesse is seen driving... Spoilers! Spoilers! <laughs> Spoilers, obviously, for a show that ended in 2013. Jesse's seen driving away in, I believe, in El Camino. Like, I think that's why the movie's called El Camino. Um, and he's, like, been... He had... He's he finally was rescued by Walt, I think. It's been a while right, since I yeah. watched it. And he we was rescued from his capture. Mm-hmm. Watching this trailer, or that's the last thing we see in the in the series is him just driving away, like very like angrily. And when I watched this trailer, I was like, geez, I did not realize how messed up they they treated him and how messed up like he was affected by that. And I think it's cool that they show you that in the trailer. It shows him being tattered and then him getting in the shower and literally like months of dirt like washing off of him. Right. You know, I thought that was really cool. The thing that I'm really enjoying that Naughty Dog's kind of doing as well, in a way, is they're really being coy about if Walt is going to be in this or if he's not. Or more specifically, if he's going to be alive or not. Because, because at the very end of the trailer... To me, and by the voice, it makes it sound like he's talking to Walt. But the last we seen of Walt, he was on the ground after being shot. Mm-hmm. Camera like going above him, and we, you know, we never got a confirmation if if that was it or if it wasn't. So, what I mean by with Naughty Dog is with no, it sounds like he had an accent though. It's one of those that it's very like they did it for for a reason. What I mean by Naughty Dog is they've been really coy of an answer if you know, Joel is going to be like a main character of this game. Like, yep. Who's not and spoilers. Newest trailer. Definitely. Well, you know, that to bed. I don't know. I don't know. They could still ha- have us guessing. I mean, I don't know. 
I don't think they, I think they did that reveal on purpose because there were so many speculations out there saying that he, Oh, is he dead? Is it, is, is she the one that he's avenging or whatever? No, it was his, it was her girlfriend. Well, we'll that, get into it more in a little bit. Yeah, but, that's true. That's true. But um, yeah, I mean, it looks good. It, it's one of those that I'm really looking forward to watching this um, and seeing, cause I mean, it's been, God, it's been, six years, six years since breaking bad ended. So it's cool to see them come back. And, um, that's, that's something that I was listening to, um, last night when I was watching some coverage from the state of play. Um, someone made a good point. Vince Gilligan, the, the director, the same with Neil Druckmann, cause they were talking about last of us too. Um, both of them, he was like, these are the type of people that they're not going to put out something unless they have a story to tell. Like they're not right. just going to put something new out just so that can, can live on and live on and mm-hmm. burn out. Like they have a story they want to tell and they're going to tell it to us. And yeah. that's what makes you really yeah. excited. Give me a second here. Are you watching the trailer? Yeah. I'm just watching the very end so I can hear that voice again. Yeah. That's not, that's not the same cowl that uh, Brian Cranston. Like I, I mean, you're hearing his voice all the time in the Ford commercials. Like that is not, that is 100% well, But not also, it. like, his inflection changed in season five. Eh, no, no, I'm sorry. It's just not him. It's a, di- it's a different actor. I guarantee it. Okay. I'll put money on it. You want to put money on it? Let's do it now. See? You don't even have enough confidence to put money. It just doesn't sound like, go back and listen to it. It doesn't, are you ready? Like, that doesn't sound like, are you ready? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm talking about. Are you ready? Are you ready? Like, Brian Cranston just has a base about him, and this seems like a, like a. Are you ready? You know what I mean? Like it's you ready. It seems like a lot to go off of just with three words, and it's just not the same inflection or whatever. Yeah. Like, I, still, I still feel like they're being very coy about who it is. Yeah. But it's definitely not him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, we'll just ready. have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll just have to yeah, wait and see. <laughs> I'm really, really excited about this, and this is why I, I've start. This is why I'm going through my Breaking Bad <laughs> binge again. Right. Uh, and then I think that, like the last thing for like um, news news is there's going to be bots and matchmaking put into the 10.4 update or whatever. Now there's going to be a lot of people that don't like this, but. I think I was watching like inside gaming and they bring up a really good point. Competitor competitive people should be more willing to do this because what matchmaking, what the skill based matchmaking does is it starts you off with lower level people. And then the better you get at the game, you start getting put in with better people. And then you get to the point where maybe you can, you know, go up against pros or whatever. But at it, having a game be more accessible for new people isn't a bad thing. Because in order for you to in order for you to get better at a game, you have to be constantly challenged. If all you're doing is fighting the same top 50 people over and over and over again, you start to learn how they do stuff. They you start to learn their their ticks you know but if you have a constant stream of new people that you have to adapt to that makes you like you have to 
you have to change the way you play the game on a moment's notice. Yeah, and it's one of those things. Like I, I think, and <laughs> Drifter, our boy Drifter, he did a video about for Modern Warfare about the boogeyman, which is skill-based matchmaking, because that's a bad word to a lot of Call of Duty people. What skill-based matchmaking really affects, I, I think people people believe this, is the people in the middle, like your average Joes. Because okay. it's great for new players because they're not like... I, I remember the first time I hopped on Fortnite um, in a while in Battle Royale. And it's mm-hmm. one of those that I really hadn't had much experience with it at the time. I was just getting demolished by someone who was just building a skyscraper so high. And I just, um, it was it was like I, they had all the advantage. So for a new player, yeah, it makes more sense for you to be mixed in with people who are new like you. And then, right. of course, on the opposite end, you've got your pro players who have been playing for a while, know what they're doing, and they're, they're competing alongside each other, and it's a very you know competitive thing. But it's one of those, as an average Joe, if you're, yeah. if you're put into the beginning part of the second category, you're getting creamed. You know, right. if you're put in the later part of the first category, then you're just demolishing everyone in your path, and it's not fun. Exactly. You know, so I think it really just affects the people in the middle, um, which it's sense. the most, it's the majority of gamers. You mm-hmm. know, if you think about it. But at the same time, if I am in the middle, like, I feel like, I feel like, especially when Fortnite became like all about building, especially when it became that, it, I stopped playing it. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, I could never learn the game because everybody just got so quick at building and got so like pro with it. You know what I mean? And so now like, I feel like I might actually have a chance to play the game, especially if there are also bots in there because now I can kind of go up against a dumb bot and still have that rush of, Hey, I got to kill. You know what I mean? So like, I don't feel like this is a bad thing. I feel like it's a good thing to have skill based matchmaking um and also i feel like uh i think we talked about it last time that skill base got brought up on apex or whatever um but i also feel like if it's a choice that's great you know what i mean go in with the filthy casuals and the sweaties in a casual mode and then in a ranked mode that's where like the skill based comes on because obviously if you're bronze tier you're you're just trash and you know or you're just starting out yeah. But I skill based is not a bad thing. And I really feel like like and I mean you complain you could you could complain about being um in the middle or whatever, but it's like it's still you're still being put with people of your same skill level and so you still have to adapt and you know I I don't know. I just think especially with a game that now is becoming about like 2 years old or whatever, it's there's absolutely nothing wrong with making it more accessible for new people to come in because 100% that's why I stopped playing the game it's because I just felt like everything pushed me away from the game you know all these new all these new things just like all these really skill-based things it's like here's this grenade that pushes people away and so then you see how like people are able to use it to like jump over here and do a shot midair or whatever. And like the thought of being in a match with somebody like that was very intimidating. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just not going to play. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that was just one example. There's so many examples of things that they put in the game that just like, you know, a normal person would just use it one way. And then you have this like really weird person and they're able to like 
pull off these trick shots that are just ridiculous. So I would rather be stuck in the middle with a bunch of middle people and at least have a chance of being having fun at the game rather than being put in with a bunch of people. Maybe I come up against a new person, get a shot off, but nine 99% of the time I'd go into a match and die the first time I even saw somebody. And yeah. so how do you learn to play the game when you go up against people that good? Yeah. You know, what I mean? and you know what's funny too? I haven't give, given Fortnite a thought in a long time. The right. only thing that honestly did make me give it any kind of thought was on the Batman anniversary when they were pushed, uh, when they had the Batman skins. Yeah, and then I was just reading the patch notes too uh, on the update, and they also have like explosive batterings and stuff like that. And I'm like, hmm, right? Okay, is it one of those? Am I going to try it? Probably not. Is it free on my Switch? Yep, absolutely. Am I going to play it again? Probably not. <laughs> it, right. Just because I just feel like I just don't have like the time for it. Like I, it's just I, I, I don't know. There's certain games that I'm like, eh, like I just don't even want to give the effort. You know, Fortnite's f- that for me right now, just because I'm just not in that sphere personally. Yeah, I mean, I I see where you're coming from, but at the same time, it's like if I know that I can go in and at least have a shot because I'm with just people of the same skill level, I personally will at least give it a shot. Oh, like yeah. it's downloaded on it's downloaded on my uh, console because I used to play Save the World all the time, so I never down I never deleted it. So it's on my console. It's just a matter of you know, hey, yeah, let me just let me just do it. You know what I mean? Like let's just just. Freaking do it. Just do it, man. Do it. Yeah. Well, what you're saying, yes, absolutely. I agree with that. I'm just talking about my like general like enjoyment and like my yeah. desire to play the game is not there. But yeah, if I have that ability where I'm not going to get into a bunch of sweaties like my first round, that's great. Mm-hmm. Then I'd want yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. All right, man. That's all we have for this week in Nerd. Now let's talk about the topic of the show. All right, guys, so topic of the show. I thought this week would be a pretty easy one. And then some stuff happened. So for one of the stories or for one of the things on here, we're going to save that for last. Um, So we had state of play. And I mean, I liked it. Do you like it? Yeah, I mean, I liked it better than... I don't know. The second one, I think I really enjoyed um, the one that had Iron Man. That was the Iron first Man VR. Oh, uh, was? Ooh, yeah. What was on the second one then? Uh, the uh, the one that didn't have VR. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, this I one remember, I do remember. I think that one had more like indies and sh- and stuff. So, um, but like I like this one. There was definitely not as many things that like I personally cared about. Like the first one was humanity, which honestly just looks like an interesting one and like if that one becomes like free on playstation plus like hell yeah like that looks really fun now would i buy it i don't know Mm, um then we had the one that's by the same makers of katamari i've never been into that game so like i don't understand the obsession with it um then there's the one with techland and it's called Arise. So it starts off with like this old man, like, you know, they're, he's he's dead and they, they burn him, you know, in some kind of ceremony or whatever. And then suddenly that 
old man wakes up. And so it's like, it's clear like this, this whole game is like him going through the afterlife or going to the afterlife or something. And just the, the art style and everything, it just looks so gorgeous. And I love like the look of it and everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. It reminds me, um, I was watching the uh, kind of funny reactions to to this when I was watching it the other day, oh, you and would. and well, I watched it yesterday, um, and they brought up a good point um, that kind of reminded them of like a mix between like Journey and Firewatch in terms of like exploration. Yeah, I could see that. I was like, mm, yeah, okay. It looks like you know it's gonna have some platforming in it. It's gonna obviously just be gorgeous. So yeah, why not? Then you have like LA Noir VR, like oh my god, whatever. Just a bunch of VR. Do, do real stuff, Rockstar. Sorry, <laughs> but seriously. Uh, then we got a couple of VR stuff. You know, nothing, nothing that really stood out necessarily. Stardust Odyssey looks really good. So does After the Fall. After the Fall looks really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, the after the fall one, I guess. Yeah, that one did look actually kind of cool. Space Channel like, Five is a big deal. Yeah, the VR, whatever. Oh yeah, Stardust. Okay, I'm rewatching it. Yeah, Stardust. Obviously, that does look pretty cool. Now that I see it again, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, the like post-apocalyptic after the fall, like that does look pretty freaking cool. Like. Like, I'm glad that we're starting to see, like, real games. I know that's, like, that's like you know, taboo to maybe say something like that. But seriously, it's nice to see, like, real games rather than just these tech demos or whatever. So, yeah, I really like that. And then after that, we had um, a little look at Medieval. I mean, how hyped are you for that versus, like, all the other, like, really cool remakes we've had? I mean, I'm genuinely not because it's, it's not a game I've yeah. ever played before. I mean, everyone who's downloaded the demo says that it's really good, but I'm still, like, right. like we could have gotten, a, like, a Sly Cooper re- remake. Ugh. Oh, I love the Sly, Co- Sly Cooper games. Love them. I don't mind them, but I also just don't see what the big deal is. Whereas this, this is at least like kind of a mix between like an RPG and it's just like an action game or whatever. So I can get behind this. Yeah, Sly Cooper's a stealth action game. Well, yeah, I know that, but it's dumb. <laughs> whatever. Agree to disagree on that one. Big time. <laughs> You're dumb. Uh, Death Stranding. As a, as I like the way you put it, so I'm going to let you talk. Oh, yeah, Death Stranding um, released their <laughs> first look at their new uh, PS4, PS4 Pro bundle with a really cool-looking like white and black console with the handprints on it and a mm-hmm. um, piss-colored DualShock 4. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, the only thing that would maybe be kind of cool is like it, when it first shows it, it shows the baby, but then the baby goes away, and I'm like, oh, I thought the baby would at least be part of it, so it would make sense. But no, it's just this piss-colored controller i'm like no i mean it looks no, like thank the fl- you. yeah it looks like the fluid that's keeping the babies like alive like when they're true, in the containers very true the, and it's cool the death stranding with like the leaking logo is on the touchpad so that's kind of cool but i mean yeah, yeah it's it's like that's the first thing i noticed i was like oh that looks like pee <laughs> yeah. it was like just a like like a bad someone's drinking a lot of apple juice not a lot of water <laughs> like they're having a bad day <laughs> right 
And then there's the one that you liked, the one with like Satan or whatever. Now, did you ever play Oxenfree? Um, I started it. I started it a couple times on on the airplane on my on the Switch because um, I mm. think I either got it cheaper for free or something like that. And what little I played, um, I enjoyed. But on an airplane, it's not a really good game to play because you want to be soaked into that atmosphere. Right. Okay. So I mean, um, yeah, it's called. So it's called After Party. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not one way or the other. I never played auction free. So like, I don't have that attachment. Whereas like another game that would come out from the makers of, you know, gone home. And I'd be like, yes, let's let, let me see what they have to give me. But like mm-hmm. that is just, I don't have that emotional attachment. So it's like, I see it and I'm just like, okay, cool. Good, good, good for you. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, we got the PS plus, games announced which is weird that they announced them in here versus their own little thing because it usually has its own video so it's like i don't know like we're not going to get a state of play once a month so it just seems weird for them to throw this one in there. i think it's because the last i think it's because the last of us remastered is one of the games and they just showed true. off the release date for last of us 2 true i mean i get it but at the same time i don't know and so, yeah, The Last of Us 2 was what we were kind of hinting at earlier. They showed that off, and they showed that Joel is going to be in it. And, like, I love that because, like, okay, so we we have been speculating whether or not he's going to be in the game, how much he's going to be in the game, yada, yada. And so I like this setup, and I feel like a lot of people called it. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of people called it in the sense that the girlfriend she had was going to die. And that's why she's going on this rampage. Like, I feel like a, a huge majority of people were speculating either that or Joel, but I'm like, like they're clear, at least in the trailers leading up to this, they were clearly establishing that she was having this relationship. And now, you know, and having that contrast between that kiss and her, like killing somebody, it was clear, at least to a lot of people, that yeah, something happened, and now she's going on a rampage. Let's just talk about how beautiful it looks, though. Oh Dear my god! Freaking god! Like, okay, to anybody who can say that, like, um, you know, well, PC is so much better than consoles. It's like you just haven't even played a Naughty Dog game. You haven't. Because I'm sorry when we're talking about Uncharted, when we're talking about even just the remastered um, uh, Last of Us or whatever. And now here we have Last of Us 2. It is the most gorgeous, realistic looking games I have ever. Now, Uncharted's a little bit more cartoony. And that just kind of goes with the um, goals. That kind of goes with the pulp action feel of it. It's supposed to be action blockbuster. You know what I mean? Whereas this is a lot more cold and calculated. And so I just, I'm sorry. Like I, I've never seen anything on the PC that looks as good as this. There's definitely some that have like photorealism, but I don't know. Like that's, uh, it's different because I feel like there's still some photorealism in this along with just the absolute, like, Oh yeah. It's, I cannot wait to play this on the PS4 pro and just, I know, I'm jealous of you. Like this will be the one time I'm just like, 
genuinely jealous of that like oh my god it looks it looks so good now there's a question i have for you okay do any of the collector's editions pique your interest at all for this game collect what the collector's editions for this game i guess i need to see them okay collector's edition Uh, oh there it is there's a there's the there's a standard edition special edition collectors and ellie edition i think this would be definitely one last of us is genuinely one of my favorite games of all time if i was ever going to get a collector's edition i feel like this one might be it you know yeah, because i missed out completely because i picked up the last of us way after release like i missed out completely on the last of us collector's edition and i really regret it like because it's a game that i enjoyed so many hours in um whereas this one i'm like Hmm. I might, I might like buck down and get the Ellie edition. I mean, the only difference between the collectors and the Ellie is you get a, a, a backpack. That's like a replica of hers. <gasps> but I mean, it's one of those things like it's, you know, it, is that edition worth $220? I don't know. Oh God. Seriously. Yeah. For a backpack. Is that seriously the only difference? Yeah. Well, uh, let's see. No, you also get a uh, vinyl, like a physical vinyl of the soundtrack. Oh, wow. So, okay. That. But I mean, you get a lot of really good oh, stuff. You get a statue, too. Where's the backpack? It, that's the collector's edition. The collector's oh. edition has a statue. Then the Ellie edition has the vinyl and Ellie's backpack. Interesting. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, I would really like that. I I would genuinely like that. It even has some pins, and there's a Naughty Dog pin. I would want this alone for the art books and the lithograph, like, to be honest, because mm-hmm. the art in this game is so beautiful. Mm. The but. only thing that sucks is that in most cases, if you don't buy these immediately, then you're not going to get them, which just really sucks because, like, this is genuinely one that I would like to get. Yeah, like I'd rather get this one over. Like I have no interest in getting the Cyberpunk 2077 one. I don't. Like it looks cool, but I'm not going to spend that much money on a game that, you know, in which they've got the clout for me to be like, oh, like this is going to be a phenomenal game, but it's just one of those things. I've been burned before. (laughs) I've been burned before with Halo 5. Right. Um, Now, you are correct in the sense of this is the most beautiful game, but I got to say, at least in what we saw, now I know this wasn't all gameplay, um that call of duty trailer wow yeah i mean it was good that was that the cinematics in that look absolutely insane like i remember thinking that advanced warfares looks phenomenal these look really really good but i think it's cool that they're finally showing us stuff about campaign you know now they're not showing us the nitty-gritty of like what's so messed up about it but um yeah. Well, they did show a glimpse of that girl going for the detonator, which is the one that all the freaking snowflake, you know, people who wrote all the articles are like, oh my God, this is too intense. You need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so probably the, sh- the same people who are writing articles about Joker and how they're going <laughs> to cause terrorism or something. Uh, hell, man. But yeah, they showed off the trailer for Call of Duty and a nice little bit of information that the call that the spec up survival mode is going to be a one year exclusive with PlayStation. And after in October 1st of 2020, 
is whenever Xbox and PC will get it. So there's that. Yeah. This is ridiculous. You know, this is absolutely ridiculous. You know, and that's coming from somebody who plays on the PlayStation and so therefore is benefiting from this. But this is ridiculous. Like, why? This just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it really doesn't. I was talking with Nick about it off air and... Like, I remember when Destiny did this. Destiny 1 did this. It made sense, though, because Destiny 2 wasn't right around the corner yet. Like, they were, like, right. that was a game that had was going to have legs. It kind of didn't, but then it ended up doing it. So that made sense. But when you're still planning on making a new Call of Duty for next year, yeah. you're, like, basically, like, no one except for people on PlayStation is going to play that mode. Right. Because everyone's going to, yeah. They? It's that the only it, I unless there's something that we don't know and they're planning on like slowing the tide and maybe the next game gets pushed and it's not 2020. I don't know. That's the only thing I could think that would make sense for them to give such a brandish like year long exclusivity deal. Um, unless yeah. that, unless that that was the bidding token for them to get crossplay so quickly. I don't know. Right. Because I know because we both know that Sony is very fickle about crossplay right now like they're very tepid so i could see sony being like hey we'll allow this you just have to give us this mode yeah for a year i don't know if that's true sony come really hard because why just just why you know i don't think anybody deserves this you know one month was one thing you know what i mean and i feel like one month to one month is still fine to me honestly i still think it was a little too long one week or two weeks, you know, so half that would have been fine. And you still, especially with crossplay, you would still have the competitive edge because you're playing it on PlayStation. You know what I mean? But a an entire month is just like, come on, you know? And so that was bad enough. And, you know, some people are like, oh, well, it's just survival mode. And so, like, how many people actually play? It's like, screw you. That's really not the point. Really? Not the point at all, because the point is you're still you're still locking a portion of this game. You know, whether we're going to argue about one percent, two percent, three percent, four percent, yada, 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 yada. The point is, is that you're walking a portion of it behind the behind this stupid. I mean, look at like Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider. The second one came out and it was exclusive for Xbox for a whole year. Now, granted, that's a whole freaking game. But then look at look at the third one. The third one came out day and date for both consoles. And that's because they realized that's a stupid effing move. Yeah. And how many people genuinely bought it or was genuinely excited about it when it finally came to the PlayStation 4? There are probably some people, for sure. I'm not going to say that they didn't exist. But then by the same token, the next Doom Raider didn't come out that freaking year. Yeah, I mean, I was one of those people, um, but it's mostly because, like, you know, I'm a sucker for like special editions of stuff. And the one, the the actual release of the game that came to PS4, all of them were the same. They were the the, the normal standard copy. Was this like little book thing that had like little trinkets and stuff and like special stuff? So it, and it came with like all the DLC. So I was like, it's basically like a game of the year edition. Okay, right. I mean, you know, but I I I was excited because I never got to play it, and I finally did. And I loved right. it. I love Rise of the Tomb Raider. Right. Shout out to the Tomb Raider. Yeah. Rise of the Tomb Raider. Really enjoyed. Really enjoyed. But yeah, it's it's dumb. It's 
It really is stupid, and I I, I wonder if some if someone's going to cave here because this is just really kind of egregious. Like this I said, like like I said, it would make sense if they're not going to do another Call of Duty next year. It right. still sucks, but it makes sense, you know, because people are still going to be actually playing that game. But if they're doing another one, you're basically sending out to die. And another thing that people have been po- are pointing out is so basically for Xbox and PC players, they're going to pay the same price, but not yep. get a complete game. Yeah, basically. And I mean, that's the thing. Like, maybe if this was literally one level, if if it comes to find out that this is literally one level and you just play survival mode on this one level, maybe, maybe I can understand. Because then maybe it is 1%. Maybe it is a single mission, which is something that Destiny and other games have done in the past. So maybe I can understand that. But still, it just it's getting to the point where it's like you allow crossplay, but you'll make a one year one year. That's the thing. One effing year. Like this is just why? Why? Like it just doesn't make any sense. You know, and I genuinely don't like that. But here's the part that just breaks my heart even more because I almost did it. I almost got excited for Call of Duty. And there's now leaks out there talking about supply drops and talking about how there are going to be weapons in the supply drops. There's a well-known leaker, and he's somebody who's leaked correct information in the past. And so he's talking about how not only are there going to be supply drops, but there may be weapons in them as well. And... I was legit to the point where it's like, I want to get this game. And then the survival mode and the fact that there may indeed be guns inside supply drops. I'm done. I'm done. I'm boycotting. No, you cannot have my money because this, there needs to be, there needs to be an uprise. Okay. Activision, EA, and, it's worked. Here's the thing. It's worked. We all rose up together and we told EA, no, you cannot have a pay to win Star Wars game. No, we refuse. We need to do the same. If we care about Call of Duty and we care about its future, we have to rise together. Do not pre-order the game. Do not buy it day one. You want to buy it, buy it day three, buy it after the weekend. But do not buy it day one because it needs to be known that this is not okay, that they can't just keep doing stuff like this. There's already a thing on Reddit where the Xbox people are boycotting it, and there's like 39,000 upvotes on this. And I'm sorry, but I totally agree with this. And I want to stand next to my fellow gamers because here's our first chance to play together and they have to pull something like this. No, I'm standing with my Xbox good brethren and I am saying no enough is enough. And I'm really sorry for the people who have worked on this game and who love this game and who have a deep seated passion for this game. And I'm really sorry to those people that Activision is fucking it up for them. and I'm done. I'm done, and I think other people need to be done. We need 
We need this. I want more Call of Duty. I'll be honest, as much as like it's it's easy to hate Call of Duty, I still like it. It's still a good game. You can't sit there and, oh, the mechanics. No, the mechanics are good. And other games try to emulate its mechanics. That's how good the mechanics are. But we just, we cannot sit idly by. No longer stick together. We worked with EA. It can work with Activision. We can make a difference, but only if we vote with our wallets. All righty. There you go. I had heard a little bit about that, um, the supply drop stuff, but I haven't paid attention to it yet. So I'll have to do some more research on that and see what's going on. Yeah, go watch uh, Young Yi. He just put out a video today and he went over. I mean, the the exclusivity deal was a good half of it. And then the other half was talking about the leaks, about the supply drops, you know. And to a certain extent, it's like, are you really surprised? Like, I don't know. It's almost when, like, when <clears throat> a certain someone <clears throat> has a controversy, and you just think to yourself, "Am I really surprised anymore?" Hmm. I'm not. I'm not talking about anybody, you know, specific. <laughs> um. By the way, guys, for an update. If you are interested in Last of Us 2 at all and wanting to get that collector's edition, I would do it because I just went to go look and see how much the post-pandemic edition, which was the biggest one that The Last of Us had, on the cheapest end, I can find it for $700. On the most expensive end, it's $2,000. Jesus! Yeah. Now, the special edition that comes with a steelbook and an art book and a really cool, like, survival canvas bag is like $70, $50. So, Mm -hmm. that's cool. But, uh, yeah, get it while it's hot. For sure. It was as hot. Ah, that's hot. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good old memes. So, I mean, that's that's my opinion on it. You know, and it really, and I'll say it again because I said I had to say the same thing when Black Ops came out, when Black Ops 4 came out. This is the thing I was genuinely excited for. You know, I was, I was actually, after playing it, I'm like, okay, let's, let's get f***ed. You know, call me a f- boy. Just pull down my points, shove it up my ass and call me a boy. Cause hell yeah, this game looks awesome. And for this to start coming out, even before the game comes out, it's just like, it's just, it's too much, too, too much, you know? And I mean, I might get eventually, I mean, hell it'll be on sale a couple weeks later. So might as well. Right. But anyways, I'll probably get it. I'll be honest, but it's like, I feel like a good message is to not buy it day one, you know, to not buy it at all. You are punishing the people who make the game. You are, but not buying it day one, day two, day three, not buying it over the weekend will send a message, especially if we have a message to send, you know what I mean? Because what's a better, what's a better headline? Modern warfare is the fastest selling call of duty of all time or modern warfare didn't sell enough or something. And here's why, you know what I mean? Like it can happen and we can do it as a community. So, all right, let me just jump off my soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I think that's pretty much it for state of play. Was there anything else that you saw that we didn't cover? No, not really. Yeah, that was it. 
Yeah, it. Um, I think it's cool. I think I, I. I am interested to see where they go with the format of the show, um, mm-hmm. and if they're going to do this and have a digital presentation only and not go to press conferences anymore, unless mm-hmm. they have something huge. It's going to be interesting to see for sure. I mean, so what do you, what do you think about the overall? What are your overall thoughts so far? I mean, I like the state of plays. Are they a little bit boring sometimes? Yeah. You know, but like, I think it's cool that they're giving attention to these indie games. Like really, like, I mean, most of like, we didn't get the last of us till the last two minutes of the show, you know, five minutes, bro. Don't sell us short. Anyway, it was a 21 minute state of play and most of it was indie games. Right. And like call of duty. So, I mean, uh, that's cool that they're giving that much of a focus on it, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the format, even though it is pulled heavily from the Nintendo Directs, even down to the fact where it's like it moves to the next one and then it opens up and it moves to the next one and it opens up. And even though that's pulled directly from the Nintendo Directs, like, you don't, you don't own that, okay? There's not a trademark or anything, okay? Like, it's just a, it's shut up Tendo. Mm-hmm. anyways so i i like it i feel like i feel like especially the first one because that was like the vr heavy one i feel like that one got like really harsh reviews and i'm like guys calm down like they were not going to come out the gate with all these really big announcements because then what would they do for the next one exactly you know but i do feel like in general they're really well produced they're really well put together and it's just a nice little mini, 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 mini PlayStation experience. It's like here, PlayStation fans get excited for something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, everybody's doing it now because even uh, Xbox has the inside Xbox, right? All the kids are doing it. Like yeah. It, it reminds me of that. Have you ever seen that band Modern Warfare 2 commercial? Is that, no. It's the old dude sitting in a chair and he's like, Everyone's doing it. My neighbor's doing it. My grandson's <laughs> doing it. Like it's innuendo. Like he's talking about people are just having sex constantly, but he's talking mm-hmm. about them playing Modern Warfare too. <laughs> and yeah. it's really, really funny. Like it's it's a it's a classic. It's a classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, yeah, thoughts on it. What's yours? Cool. (laughs) All right. So let's go into our last segment of the day, the weekly grind. All right. So our weekly grind, this is where we kind of just talk about what we've been doing for the past week. What have we been, you know, working on or what have we been playing? Yada, yada. So what have you been doing, Nate? Well, I finally did some of what you told me to last time. Uh, last time we were on the show, and I started the boys. Woo! Um, I am now, as of today, three episodes in. So I watched three. another episode. Okay. So last episode of the nerd, nerd to nerd radio, nerd to <laughs> nerd radio. Last time I was like that opening ten minutes. So thoughts. Are you, uh, so when you're saying opening 10 minutes, obviously spoilers a little bit. Are you referring to Robin getting run through? Yes. So I had seen that in the red band trailer. So uh, wait, they actually showed the whole thing. Yeah. They showed the whole thing. I don't thing. remember. I don't remember seeing that. Yeah. Of her getting blasted through and him being like, I can't stop. I can't stop. I mean, you see the gory, 
nitty, nitty gritty. Wow, I do not. I I'm pretty sure I watched all the trailers, so that might have been like literally the one I didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, I'd seen that, but. Um, the thing that got me the absolute most, and and like I said, we'll go ahead and spoil the first couple episodes of it because it's yeah, um, how real it is, oh, like yeah. how how I'm, much how much it it's about like corporation corporate America mm-hmm. on superheroes, and the one that really got this me, America. yeah. Don't catch you slipping up. The one that really got me and my wife because she was just kind of paying attention to it is the part whenever um, Starlight mentions that she had a crush on um uh, the deep and like he just pulls his pants down and then expects her and it's one of those it's like wow that was really close to home like that was very on the nose i cannot believe they did that right i like well well, funny enough it is in the comic so like i mean it wasn't completely original right it it also just shows you how certain things are pretty timeless as far as like motifs or yeah but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, another thing that I'm I'm enjoying so far, and don't spoil anything else for me, is how they're basically um, showing and branding uh, Homelander as being this whiny man baby who's like very <laughs> who has had a lot of issues, like mm-hmm. a lot of um, companion issues and and things like that. And there's little like the thing that I really enjoy about it is the little things like Mm -hmm. in episode three, whenever they go to take out that shooter, it's, um, what's the, what's the girl that's like wonder woman's name. Is it Maeve? I think so. Yeah. Maeve and Homelander. Like he jumps up there and then she takes the elevator and they're having a conversation about them being used to dating. And like, he just comes mm-hmm. out and Homelander just puts his fist literally through his chest and crushes his heart. And mm-hmm. then he's like, Oh, remember he shot at us first. And he starts shooting at Maeve, like mm-hmm. wasting the ammunition to make it seem like they had to kill him. Right. You know, oh, it's like, God. Oh man. Okay. Like I like where this is going. Plus I love Kurt. Um, not Kurt Russell. I love. Um, Come on, you can Carl do it. Urban. Carl Urban. There you go. I love Carl Urban. Like, <laughs> and I also like how Huey's coming into his own. Like after three episodes, yeah. he's really becoming like his new person. Also, Simon Pegg. Shout out. I love Simon yeah. Pegg. Yeah. Okay. So you know the story behind that, right? Did about I tell you the being story? In it? About? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Go ahead. Okay, so in the original comic book series, there is a character that was modeled after Simon Pig. Simon Pig in his 20s, to be more specific. And in the very first issue of it, they actually do a letter to Simon Pig thanking him for letting him use their use his likeness. And it was free, like they didn't have to pay him or anything like that. He was just like, okay, yeah, sure. And so... And so, yeah, Huey actually looks like Simon Pegg in the comic book series. And, you know, obviously when they got around to doing it, he was too old to do it. So him playing the dad is just like, yes. Like when I saw that, like I literally squealed like a little girl. I was like, yes, oh my God. It kind of sounds like, it kind of reminds me of like um, uh, John Wesley Shipp playing Barry's dad when he used to play the flash in the nineties. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then if you haven't seen a lot of the other, uh, there's a lot of spoilers I can go into for later parts of the flash, but they, they do something like very similar to that um, in a really cool way. 
So yeah, and so I I love the fact that Simon Pegg's in there, and it's really just like. I I mean, it's really just for the fans because it's like he didn't have to do that. You know what I mean? He didn't have to even be a part of it. The, the fact that he did was just a nice little nod to the people who were a fan of the comic book series. And yeah, so what you were talking about, like corporate and not just corporate in the sense of, you know, um, corporations and obviously corporate bad, and but also like just how fake everything is yeah and how it's all about the likes and so like like share and subscribe you know and then the fact that like uh oh i don't think i can say that because well no even like there's this one guy in the very first episode who's like a pray away the gay but he's sitting there in a club getting his dick sucked by somebody like like oh my god like i i loved every aspect of that of that show and just how, you know, and I think I mentioned it last episode. It's in the modern era and the Marvel cinematic universe is technically in the modern era, but this one's almost like in the millennial kind of era in the sense that like, you know, it's all about like shares and subscribes. It's all about how like this corporation basically took over superheroes and now is selling them to different cities and states and stuff. That's what I like that too. That whole oh. scene was like, okay, interesting. They're selling off rights to superheroes and like exclusivity right. deals. It's like, wow. Okay. Which isn't just um, an interesting take on the superhero genre, but also a commentary on the superhero as or superhero in the media today, where it's like, you know, Quicksilver got sold off to Fox and then we got the rights and then Sony went off and got rid of freaking Spider-Man. And it's so poignant. And it's also like, like, this is what would happen if there were people like that. Like, I mean, if there was a Superman, like think about it like Elvis. Elvis was just a singer and they just threw movie deals at him because he, you know, I don't know. But uh I love yeah, it. I like I like how we have um two separate kinds of stories. You have like The Man of Steel, which came out in 2013, which showed which is one of my favorite representations of Superman because it shows him as an alien. Not necessarily as this, oh, he's a superhero, you know, it plays around with that idea. And you have the same thing with Homelander in um, The Boys, where it's, Mm. you know, a character very similar, very similar to Superman, like almost one for one, which is funny. I think that's also how close they all are together. It's like how Maeve, it's like, oh, she's clearly Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. You know, the deep, oh, he's clearly Aquaman. Like, it's so (laughs) on the nose. How I love how even like in this world the deep is just basically made fun of. Yeah, he's like he's the he's the joke. Other than translucent, I feel like he was also kind of a joke because like his only power was to turn invisible or whatever. Yeah, and dark dark void who's Batman basically. Oh, I know. I love how he just doesn't talk to. Yeah. And I mean, so I don't obviously I don't I can't remember. And since you've only done three episodes, but he just shows up and he'll just stand there and doesn't say anything. And like, ah, it's so hilarious. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting, especially like uh, the corporate America is the biggest thing on there, like in the scene whenever she's um, saving that girl from being date raped. And then right. she comes back and they're like, how dare you do that? Like, basically, how dare you save someone? You right? tanked your, you tanked your popularity. It's like, hmm okay yeah right yeah um but besides that um i'm close to finishing arkham city 
um, again for the, I mean, it's been a while since I played it, but, um, once I do that, I'm going to get as much as I can through it and then probably just mainline, um, Arkham Knight. Um, Mm -hmm. because like I said, I've been, I've been wanting to go back and replay the games. Um, especially the other ones because it's been so long, but Arkham Knight, I haven't played in probably about three or four years, so it'd be nice yeah. to jump back into that. Um, and then I am, uh, I just finished season two of Breaking Bad. Um, yeah. I'm still on track. Uh going to watch some more season three probably at some point this, this week. Season three, I think is, no, season five is probably my favorite, but season three, is is up there as far as some of my favorite um episodes so yeah i'm excited to see jb again he's going to be in season four i think is is when he pops up but maybe yeah oh see i need to rewatch that now yeah he's a he's he's a doctor in mexico like whenever jesse Uh, and, and mike go to mexico he's there interesting interesting yeah, that's definitely one I'd like to rewatch, but also at the same time, it's like, I don't know. It was a good experience. I don't know if I ever do need to watch it again. You know what I mean? Now, there's definitely what I what I enjoy about rewatching it, especially as many times as I have, is there's episodes where I'll just skip completely. Like there's that episode in season two. Yeah, episode in season two where um, Jesse gets robbed by those crackheads and he goes to their house to deal with it. And they've got that that little like three year old that's just dirty and filthy living in a crack house. And um, the wife ends up smashing her husband's head with an ATM and just completely demolishes it. But it's one of those that I can't watch that episode just because how that kid's being treated like it. It just it's like I won't do it. It it just kind of like. I don't know. And then there's one episode in season four called fly. That's basically a self-reflection episode. Mm. It's like 40 minutes. Nothing happens, but Walt figuring out what he's doing with his life and catching a fly. That's pretty much it. Oh, Um, that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, But stuff like that, like I can just skip and kind of get to the, the main ones, but Oh man. So good. El Camino trailer came out, gave me so many chills. I just, I can't wait. Yeah, like I said, I just don't know if I have that establishment to really be like, okay, I know exactly what's going to happen and yada, yada. But, I mean, I'm going to watch it. It's on Netflix. It's free, so why the hell not? (laughs) Um, I mean, on my side, I just got done watching, speaking to AMC, am I right? Speaking to AMC and Netflix, for that matter, I just got done watching the latest season of, at least on Netflix, I guess, of uh, The Walking Dead. Mm, Okay. Nothing has got me, like, no one has said anything to me yet that's made me be like, okay, I got to go back and actually finish this. Uh, I am totally with you. I still am in a love-hate relationship with that show because, like, the, the first four or five episodes is one kind of storyline, and then it starts completely from fresh and has to build up a whole nother antagonist. And it just seems so disjointed. And then it comes to this head. Oh my God. If you know how, (laughs) sorry, if you know, if you know how the end of um, the second to last episode, if you know how that ends saying that it comes to a head is super funny for me. (laughs) 
that's that's just an inside joke for anybody who's seen the walking dead yeah see for see for me like my excuse my, me I wasn't done. okay go ahead no but okay so the way it comes to a head nah, um in the second to last episode is just so like that should have been the end but then like we have this extra episode where it's like it's winter they're trying to survive like the harsh winter and then it ends kind of on a weird note where it was just like this very well could have been episode one of the next season and it would have been fine like the last episode should have been the the second to last one and it's just like the way the way it happens like it had me crying like there was this part and Daryl's like, no. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like crying and everything. And I'm just like, it hit me good. It hit me good. And that should have been the freaking season ender. Cause not only that, like, but like we have, um, the next season's the last season and there's not interesting. Like, I'm going to watch it because I'm going to freaking watch it. Damn it. <laughs> but there's nothing like actually like, Oh, there's, this little thread and this other little thread, but I don't know. See, for me, the last of it that I really enjoyed was season five. Season five awesome. is where I was like, okay, I'm still in the season six. I enjoyed the, at least the first half of season six when they changed the storyline to where it was like, you know, leading up to Negan was cool. I will say that, but there were some definitely parts where it's like, okay, what's going on? Like, this is yeah. weird. And then seven, I watched the first episode was hooked, watched the second one. And I'm like, this is so obviously a filler that I just, I don't care. Like I'm tired of it. Like I'm tired okay. of the filler, you know, season seven was a filler <laughs> because that's what season eight was the war. And that one was pretty intense. I admit, but they did all these artsy fartsy bullshit that I just really didn't like. I really didn't appreciate because I mean, the, the beginning of the season essentially started on a flashback and then there is these flash forwards, but ended up just being a freaking dream. And then they kill off a really main character and you're like, there goes my emotional attachment. Like an eight, this is an eight. Oh, and, and well, and eight, <laughs> No, but there, I mean, in seven as well. So, yeah, it's just, there's so much. And I mean, the thing is, is that I could just say that somebody dies in seven and eight, and like a general portion of the audience would probably know who the hell I'm talking about because that kind of spoilers just like those kind of spoilers, I feel like were worse than like Game of Thrones spoilers. Let me, yeah. I feel like there was a general respect for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Like, I remember when, um, was it Tyrese? Mm-hmm. I remember when he, the episode that he died, I knew because someone was like, Oh my God, I can't believe Tyrese died. I loved him. Like that same night it aired. I was like two episodes, two seasons behind. Um, but I'll go ahead and ask you. Cause I think I know, I know one of them for sure. Um, seven is, isn't <laughs> spoilers. Obviously is Carl the one that dies in season seven. Oral. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what I remember reading that. And I was like, Oh, well that sucks. But no, it, was, right? it, it wasn't one of those. I was like, oh, man, I wish I would have saw that. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. And that's that's another thing. They just what's so bad. And I mean, the most recent season, season nine, I would have to admit as far as pacing, other than, like I said, the first four or five episodes, it has like almost one central antagonist and then it 
switches half you know not even halfway it's like a quarter of the way through or whatever well no i guess it is kind of halfway almost halfway anyways um <laughs> um th- but as far as pacing i would say it's good pacing but at the same time that's always been the biggest biggest effing problem with this freaking show is just pacing and i really feel like it just got too popular um season one six episodes six toit toit episodes just really the story there was no filler there was nothing that's like okay we could do without this it was character development it was just season two it was the beginning of the end because it went from six all the way up to 13 which was literally double like and it just you could tell they just didn't have that much to say they could have done the same amount of story in 10 episodes in even eight really toit episodes, but instead they just added onto it, added onto it, added onto it. And I do admit in repeat viewings, season two wasn't that bad. It, what made it worse was watching it episode by episode and having to wait a week in between. And then when mid season came, had to wait like three freaking months for that. So but even still, ever since then, oh my god, the pacing. The pacing has just has just killed this. Killed it. Uh-huh. I, think, I think what also I think what also killed it, huh? Is um them cha- like when they do those mid season breaks, them changing the storyline mid season. Yeah. A lot of times that would end up happening where it's like and uh, to a certain degree, I mean like it's not that bad. In binge watching, it's not that bad. Yeah. But it's like in practice when you're trying to like enjoy a movie or enjoy a show and it's like halfway through, it just like changes. It's like, uh, and I mean, at least most of the time it would be, there would be that underlying threat. But in this episode or in this season, they just throw it out of the window. Like there's one thing and then there's a whole nother thing. And Oh God. Like that part I hated about it, but then when we did get to this to the main antagonist of the series or of the season, like I'm like, okay, I'm freaking hooked. And I will admit that it was it was riveting. <laughs> um the other thing I've been doing, uh Genesis Alpha One. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Genesis Alpha 1, the best like elevator pitch I could give this is it's like Fallout Shelter, but in the first person or in a first person shooter in space. Because you have like the base building and the resource management of Fallout Shelter, um, but you're building a spaceship instead, and it's all in first person. Because like even in Fallout Shelter, you can send people on away missions, and you can do that on this. And it's so cool, like sending them away on away missions. Like the the um, ship will take off or whatever, and you could just sit there and you can watch it come back. And so then like um, aliens can stow away on board. So you have to like I set up like um, sentry turrets, which totally look and kind of sound like the sentry turrets from aliens and just the aesthetic just feels like 1980s because even when you go onto a keyboard and the clickety clack sounds so 80s and the boop, 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 boop sounds 80s and i just i love this game there's not a lot to it but also this is a procedurally generated game and we know how i feel about procedurally generated games it's an old one but it's a goodie go check out 
uh, procedural fun. It's on our uh, YouTube channel. I probably one of the videos I'm the most proud of just because I love the way I was able to put it together and the way I, the music just really fit the, the theme and everything. I, I love that. But anyways, it's a procedurally generated world. And so, yeah, it's just so good. You're resource gathering, you're managing a ship. I just got to a part where like, um, like there is basically like this um, gooey stuff on the sides of my ship and I could go, I could shoot the gooey stuff. Um, but if I got too close, it would spawn enemies. <laughs> it's so like I'm walking around. I'm like, oh, oh, pow, pow. go check out the stream if you want to on, on Twitch or whatever. But yeah, there's this part. And then like every time I turn the corner, I'd be like, ah, crap. So I'm like, ah, yeah. Ah, you can go down into the corridors below and, you know, gooey stuff can grow down there. And if you're not careful, they'll, they'll hatch and then they'll go take out your electrical equipment. And if there's too much electrical equipment in one area that gets taken out, that can blow the entire airlock and you have to basically rebuild that section of the ship. Hmm. Oh my God. There's so much of it. There's so much of it. That's just a really cool simulator. Honestly, the only negative is it'd be cool if this was at least co-op. Maybe not like multiplayer or whatever, like somebody could like Dark Souls, you know, invade my ship or something like that. But just some kind of way of like having like me and you buddy up and buddy um, and then going in to like a planet or something. Because especially some of the, you know, harder planets or whatever, I make sure that I have a full team of like four people plus me so that they could do the harvesting and I can do the shooting essentially. Hmm. So it kind of sounds like, is it at any way similar to Moonlighter in case of like core mechanics? Like does it kind of seem like it kind of seems like it has like you were talking about with those other games, maybe with like the resource management and stuff like that, with something like Moonlighter, maybe. No, I mean it really is like Fallout Shelter because even in the most recent iterations of fallout shelter you can send out away missions um and you can either send them out or you can participate them in them um but it's really just the base building mechanic of it that really feels the most like um fallout because you have like core uh, crew corridors so like the more corridors you have the more that you can clone uh yeah there's cloning um <laughs> uh, you need to have enough storage to store your materials. You have to have depositories to when you get the raw materials from the planet, you have to deposit in your depository. Then you take it from the depository and refine it, which puts it into your storage. So you have to have enough like base building. And it's like, you know, like in alien where they had that giant ass ship or whatever, you get to build that. And it feels, it feels so different. Cause it's like, going on a ship in any other game it's like i don't know where anything is or whatever but because i built it this is my ship this is my ss bangalore and i get to go around on it and i know where everything is because i built it and it's mine and i like oh god <laughs> sounds like something that's definitely up your alley bangalore well i mean there's there's a reason behind that um so, correct me if I'm wrong. You got your, you did get your hands on the Modern Warfare beta as well, didn't you? Definitely. Okay. 
I definitely, I, we talked about it in the uh, Modern Warfare beta review video to, that we would have you back on probably at, at some point um, for the video to have a full conversation. But I, I'm kind of just curious about what you're, like, if you guys want to check it out, me and Adam gave our thoughts. There's some stuff that I didn't bring up that I can't hear, but I kind of just want to know generally your thoughts on the game itself, not all the Activision BS, right, the game right. itself. So, so right now we're going to go back in time in a time where I was actually excited for this game and I'm going to ignore the controversy. Okay. So, so I love to hate it, but I hate how much I loved it. (laughs) That's the best way to put it because the mechanics, the look, the feel of cotton, um, fabric of our life. Uh, anyway, um, so I I really loved it. You know, um, I mean, it really was just the feel of it. It felt like Call of Duty for sure, but it felt like there was enough new mechanics where it did feel like kind of a new game, you know? And like the maps, I would say, are the only part that for the most part, they didn't feel like call of duty and that might be a good thing, but there are certain ones that I felt like they were not balanced properly and either they need to be altered in some way or they're just always going to be unbalanced. You know what I mean? But as far as like the gameplay, how it played the game modes, my hype level, the gunsmith, like the gunsmith is really cool. Cause like, kind of like what you guys talked about, how it's not really the picks 10 system or whatever. It's basically like you get five attachments or something like that. That's really cool. And I like that. Mm-hmm. And it unlocking everything, um, the field upgrades, which are basically like the ultimates or whatever, they feel a lot more down to earth rather than it's like, Oh, here's this, you know, riot shield when I can shoot through it, or here's a grenade launcher, you know, it's a lot more down to earth and it's a lot more, or it's a lot less rather overpowered. Cause it's like, um, if you're in a competitive state, other than the ones that could actually do damage, why would you choose any of the other <laughs> characters? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, like so, like like I said in the video, this game seems like it's it's a happy marriage between like core Call of Duty, especially like Infinity War DNA. It feels like I, I can tell that there was there's like blood, sweat, and tears put into it, like Modern Warfare, um, that Battlefield and Siege. Like the field upgrades seem very Siege e to me like because they're power-ups but i mean they're they're not like ultimates to where like it's it's a game advantage thing you know like um the thing that i find the most interesting is the fact that they took away two perks and put them in the field upgrades so like dead silence and stopping power rounds are a field upgrade that you earn i think dead silence is like somewhere in the 20s but basically and i don't know the recharge rate of it i think it's fairly like medium to high um, so like if you're going into an area where you feel like it's occupied, you activate it, go and use dead silence. You're completely quiet and, um, you go from there. So it's an interesting way. Like it's a different way to use that. Perk. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I mean, it's just, it's so well made. 
You know, and it's funny. You guys actually talked about the wall mount and how you didn't like it. I liked it. I liked it. I, I, I didn't say much about it. Yeah, I know, but you, you also just didn't defend it. Um, but I, I really liked it. I feel like it makes it feel more tactical mm-hmm. versus just ah, ah, suppressive fire. Yeah, and there's also little things like if you're like shooting, if you're like aim down sight shooting, and you run out of ammo. I'm used to just like releasing the. Like yeah. left trigger to reload, yeah. but you'll reload while you're still looking down sight. Like it's 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 stuff like that um, that I really enjoy. I mean, if you if you make sure and you act like a professional, leave one in the chamber. Start to reload. If somebody comes across your sights, shoot. Good pro tip. Good pro tip. <laughs> so I've got two questions for you as as far as modes go. One: Did you play Cyber Attack? Yes. How did you feel about it? I don't normally like no respawns and I thought it was okay, you know, cause it, it is nice to have the res- the, the respawn mechanic where you can go revive somebody. But I mean, I didn't hate it, you know, which is saying something about a no respawn game. Mode. The fact that I didn't hate it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big S and D guy, but right. I really enjoyed this. Like it reminded me a lot of playing kill confirmed on modern warfare three for the first time. I, I like a game mode where I'm like, Ooh, I really like this. You know, it's something different from like TDM and, and domination. Second question. How do you feel about the night maps, the night vision maps? Um, I, I am personally never going to play them. Hmm. Yeah, I did. I didn't like them. Um, I'm, I'm not competent enough. I, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with admitting that, you know, I'm just not competent enough for that. Like the strategy behind it. Like I was just dying left and right. I did. I did not like it whatsoever. So I'm just probably never going to touch it. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. There's, there's stuff that you can, like, I like the fact that you can turn on the lights on the map. Like I think yeah, that's really cool. That, yeah. um, but like, I really I, like Azure cave. I don't like in the daylight. I actually really like it in the nighttime. Um, especially uh-huh. going through the cave because it's like a, do I see a light? Do I see a light coming down towards me? You know, and it's 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 interesting. Like I I like what they're doing. Like it looks like they're trying to do a lot of different things. Um, and like we've always had night maps, especially with Battlefield, not necessarily with Call of Duty. Um, right. So it's cool to see them functionally using them in a different way. Like it's when you don't have the night vision goggles on, it's dark. Like it's dark, yeah. dark. Yeah. So it's it's cool. I really enjoy that. The night maps is how I found out that you could fall off the map in that one. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, th- that's the one bad thing I'll say about the beta. There's, there wasn't a lot of map variety, and I know we only had a few maps, but I was mm-hmm. either playing on one or the other. Yeah, like, with mm-hmm. one other one thrown in. Like that was how it always was. And um, like Gunrunner, the one with the train with the yeah. train cars on it. I didn't like that map at all. Hackney yard. I did like, I liked it, but that's definitely one of them that are, um, unbalanced. That's a very sweaty one too. Yes. There are kind of three lanes. And I think that's one of the main reasons that it's sweaty is because it's the one type that call of duty players are used to. Um, but at the same time, there's also just a clear, good side and a clear bad side like especially where they put the domination flags like get f-ed, because it's just 
way too, way too sweaty. Like I just, ugh, I hated it. So, I mean, but yeah, I, like I said, I, I think the best description is I love to hate it because of what they've done with it. And obviously now that we do know the behind the scenes about the survival and the, you know, and like I said, but also I hate that. I love it so much because when, when um, Red Dead Redemption 2 came out, I was okay boycotting that, and I didn't have any problem with that. I'm boycotting this. I don't necessarily like it, but I feel it's necessary. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I'm really hoping that this isn't going to be the case because I know... <sighs> Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Because you're, you're one of those physical boys, so you have it physical. Give it some time. And at least consider taking your pre-order off. So I'm probably not going to do that. You just fucking to, asshole. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm, I am going to make a compromise here. I'm probably not going to do that just because, especially nowadays with the collector's editions of any game, if you don't secure it, they go pretty fast. So I don't want to lose that. But if this is true, I don't know yet if I'm going to say I'm going to outright cancel my cancel my pre-order altogether but i probably won't pick it up day one like i'll probably hey. give it a little bit of time because hey. i still haven't completed i still haven't paid everything like i've only paid like what i needed to down on it which is like 25 bucks yeah. and that was like a couple months ago so i mean i haven't put any more money down on it but um i like i said i'm gonna watch some of those videos to see like what the, what information is being presented i really hope that's not the case because like, I know it made a lot of money with Black Ops 4, but it really made the community hate the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's... why when you told me what Drifter was saying about it, I'm just like... Oh, 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 oh. I'm just sucking dick, just hard knob in his mouth, just all... Like, no. No, dude. Like, this is the cost of crossplay. I'm okay with that. Like, get f***ed. Like... Th- if this is the cost, then no, I'm not willing to pay it. I'd rather everybody get the same thing and unfortunately not be able to play with each other than have to put up with this BS exclusivity for a freaking year. A year. Year. <laughs> there you go. I was waiting for it. Yeah, man, it's uh, I don't know. And just the fact that it may, may, and I mean, let's be honest here, may is the, you know, word there. It may have the same kind of like supply drops with like, you know, guns and maybe even characters and, you know, no, just no, 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 no. Even the chat, like I was already one of the people like, if you honestly think it's not going to happen, you're an idiot. You know, I was already that person. Whereas now, like I said, it's just like, why am I surprised? Like, why did I let myself feel again i'm a fool i'm a battered i i'm sorry i don't mean to use this analogy again i i I can't remember what i used it for i think it might have been call of duty but anyways i'm a battered person who just keeps thinking to themselves no they've learned their lesson and it's no you have to cut it off cut the dick off and just and on that full vasectomy there (laughs) I go full vasectomy. No ice afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so we started with porn and ended on vasectomy. Yep. <laughs> get the get the pre-show if you want to know what we're talking about. 
All right, guys, you know, I think that's going to be it for today's episode. I had a lot of fun and a lot to talk about today. So if you want to talk about any of the topics we talked about, I said talk way too many times. Um, you can go to our Discord. Uh, we do have like a question of the show channel specifically for if you want to talk about what we've what what the topics were. Um, also, you can go to our Threat X3 Productions on Twitter. Or no, sorry, TX3 Productions on Twitter, ThreatX3 Productions at gmail.com if you don't want to email us. And please, please go check out our YouTube. We have a lot of stuff we've been putting out. We're very proud of it, and we just we just want to share it with you guys. So ThreatX3 Productions on YouTube. And also uh, ThreatX3 on uh, Twitter. We're going to start you know streaming on a more regular basis, so check that out. Yeah fun stuff a lot of really really fun stuff um i'm hoping that i'm really curious to see what we're going to do next as far as uh what content we've got coming up um and see what what adam comes up with because i I, that's something that i've really enjoyed um having adam on the team is that he's just kind of had these ideas and he's just ran with them you know and so it's 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 you know it's it's variety it's not just what nick and nate want to talk about it's someone else wants to talk about something they'll put it up yeah you know, definitely so i love it that's i really really enjoy that a lot all right guys so i was nick and i was nate thanks for tuning in to nerd radio where you can always talk nerdy to me I'm in my